This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Game day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I'm your host, Andrew Hustler-Patterson, along with the CTO, Michael Remus, back at the command center for Winnipeg Sports Talk. And we've got a big show today. Lots to get to. Jets and Flames tonight. Can the streak end at seven, or will we be talking about eight in a row tomorrow? Ken Weeb is going to be catching up with the Jets, actually probably right around the next 20 minutes or so. Um, hopefully get some information on tonight's lineup, uh, the latest out of Jets camp before tonight's game in Calgary, and then Ken will join us at about 1.45 if you're watching with us live here on YouTube. And coming up in just a few minutes, we'll uh, talk Jets, North Division, Tom Wilson's situation, and much more with Matt Larkin from the Hockey News. As always, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, brought to you by our great family of sponsors, Not Autocorp, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, love the lid, Cool Bet Canada, and our friends at Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. Let's welcome in the aforementioned CTO, Michael Remus, to the program. Remus, what is going on, my man? Uh, yeah, you only wear sponsor clothes now. Hey, you had what? The Royal Sports draft caps. You had yep. the the little brown. I'm, jug I'm a great. I'm a hat, hat influencer. Now, hat we, influencer. We now, took the little brown jug hat around the universe yesterday. Um, you know, on yeah. uh, on May the fourth. Lots yeah. of love for those Star Wars pictures that you did, by the way. And uh, yes, I'm not sure whether the little brown jug any merch has traveled farther in 90 minutes than it did yesterday on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah. Daily. I posted on Instagram, uh, follow us, Sports Talk WPG, all of your, where you were around the galaxy, far, far away. <laughs> Got a ton of likes. We had a lot of great comments. The best one was the one that was, how many time zones did you have to cross to get there? <laughs> I that laughed so hard one. at that, whoever dropped that one in. That was <laughs> that was the best. How many? Uh, was the golf Yeah, I'm surprised you were even able to do the show <laughs> after going through that many time zones. <laughs> well, I'm ready. I'm ready to come back, ready to go for it. Tonight. I had a chill morning, did a bunch of reading, getting ready for the program today, uh, and we are good to go. Great to see everyone that's with us already in the chat. Destructions here. What up, Dunk? Justin Fung is there. I don't know why. I've got a feeling Cop's going to go to Seattle. We'll probably hold off on a lot of the expansion talk for the next little while. They're just trying to win a damn game. And um, Royce Finley's here. What's up, Royce? Hey, Hustler, any updates on having Darren Dunn on the show? Be nice to get a track update. I can promise you that not only will Darren Dunn be on the program leading into opening day of the track on May 17th, uh, but Remus and I will also be hitting the HPI bet site on a daily basis when there is live racing, making some picks, having some fun and talking track all summer long. So really looking forward to that. Um, as I mentioned, we do have a lot to get to today. Um, Bombers had their draft last night and picked an absolute beauty third overall. We'll talk about him and some of the other players coming into uh, the Winnipeg Football Club organization. Um, we'll get you a little update on the curling Actually, just speaking of curling, Remus, before we get into it, have you been following what's been happening in the bubble at the World uh, Women's with the, the TV people being down due to COVID? So, No, not really, to be honest. So basically, there was an outbreak amongst, I guess, the TSN staff. And for the last couple of days, the games have not been televised. So, uh, I mean, our, our queens of the pebble 
Carrie Einerson and her team had just a horrific, almost you know, inconceivable one and five start. So they're up against it right now and really needed to almost run the table through their final seven games, I believe, if they wanted to, to make the playoffs. And here's the other thing. If they don't finish in the top six, Canada is not automatically in the Olympics. And whoever wins the Olympic trials is going to have to go to a last-minute qualifier. Canada in the Olympics. So there's so much pressure on these girls right now. Um, But they have come back with some huge performances. But Remo, the craziest thing about this, I'm following their game last night against Eve Muirhead. And... It's it's this must have been what it was like to follow the World Series in like 1918 or something like that with just a telegraph popping things out because basically Devin Haru is just live tweeting the games and you're not seeing anything but you're just you know refreshing shot by shot updates on it all. Uh, happy to tell you another big win for the girls this morning against Estonia. They're at five and five. But it was quite amazing, Reem. I just got me thinking last night with so many people hanging on every single tweet from Devin Haru as to how the girls have done um, that we haven't seen a situation like this in a long, long time without any regular broadcast, no radio broadcast, and only a tiny camera. I guess there's probably some rules about broadcasting not on TSN, even though they can't do it. So just sort of a bizarre situation. The good news is our Manitoba girls are rolling and uh, they're right back in the mix if they can keep this going. Yeah, I know. Um that's kind of that's kind of crazy. I, you know, you still watch the MLB app, the pitch by pitch tracker. I know a lot of people go by the term "in play, comma runs." Like whenever there's an RBI, I don't know what the curling equivalent would be, but when you say something like Canada not in Olympic curling, that sounds like an oxymoron to me. That doesn't make any any sense. So uh, that's something we're definitely following. I did see a lot of people tweeting about it late last night. It was it was very exciting. I was essentially just tweeting at Devin. You better make sure this next tweet's a good one, buddy. And um, and he did. They got the uh, they got it done. And they got a big win this morning against Estonia. And now um, time to just keep her going. So uh, you know we'll uh, we're gonna have maybe Jay Bell on today. He wasn't able to do it, but we'll touch base and follow the curling. See what we've got. Some good news for our Manitoban ladies. Uh, that have had such an incredible year in the last couple of years right now, but you know certainly um, want to make sure they get to the playoffs. And honestly, if you get to the playoffs on a heater like that, you're probably in a pretty good position to keep it going. All right, Reem, uh, we will talk Jets. Jets Flames coming mm-hmm. up tonight. Slept on it last night. Had a good day this morning. I've I've come to work. I've shown up to Winnipeg Sports Talk. More optimistic going into today's game than I think I was yesterday. Um, sometimes you just need to step away a little bit. Um, and again, you know, this could be the clinch party tomorrow on the program, Bream. A regulation win tonight. The Jets are officially a playoff team. And first and foremost, let's get this team into the playoffs officially. And then we can start worrying about who they're going to be playing and what's going to happen. But they need to win a darn game to make that happen. And uh, tonight would be a great night to do it. Yeah, they can clinch tonight with a win in regulation over Calgary. I was looking at Dom's predictions. He had Calgary as a slight favorite, and I mean it's hard not to, you know, have Cal. I don't know what Calgary is on the lines. They're minus one one twenty five around there. So I mean it's pretty close. The Jets have played pretty poor in this stretch. I think last game was an improvement, but they didn't get a win. So we will see what happens tonight. I think we're waiting to see what the coach says. Um, we were just talking with Ken. They haven't done their availabilities yet. They skated. I think it started at twelve thirty. Uh, local time. 
So we'll see what lineup changes they make. If any, they've gone with pretty much the same lineup this whole time. Uh, they did put Stanley in, and he did make an impact uh, taking out Thomas Shabbat, uh, who's going to be out for the season for Ottawa. Uh, so, But uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, Hainala gets in. Maybe Harkins. Ken was speculating. So Yeah, we'll hit us up see. in the chat. Hit us up in the chat. Um, who would you like to be in that sixth defense spot tonight? Is it Logan Stanley? Is it Philly Hainala? Is it Jordy Ben? We'll assume that those are the three candidates. I, for my part, Reem, I... I I felt so bad for Logan Stanley with that goal because I thought that that happened, you know, going in at five on five in the final couple minutes that started off on his stick and didn't make it out because I thought he played such a good game coming back into the lineup. And, you know, part of me would really like to see him get another chance to get back out there. Obviously, myself included, a lot of people would like to see Villy at some point beforehand. But I am very interested to see how Paul Maurice handles mm-hmm. the, the defense pairings. And, I mean, let's face it, we did see about the second half of the game a cons- significant switch with Morrissey and Pionk. I would imagine they don't start that way tonight. But that, I imagine, could, especially when you think about the way Josh played last game, um, would be something Maurice could go to if they do need to ramp up the offense. Yeah, let's get Josh a uh, legitimate first D pair partner. I think a lot of people want to see that. A lot of people in the chat saying take out uh, Forbort and um, and keep Stanley in and put in Hainala as well. I mean, Logan Stanley, I agree. I mean, that's a tough one at the end. But he does bring an element that the team doesn't have um, in terms of that size and that hitting. I mean, this year it's been other teams running after the Jets and hitting them. And then you've seen Stanley lay a couple big hits. I remember there was one earlier this year. That made a pretty uh, pretty sizable noise, Huss, and you know he's got the big shot and he gets it on net, and I think that's helpful too. So um, I don't, I just, they just don't have that um, without him. So I do like I like the idea of putting him in, and we've been talking about this all you know the, for a while. But I think you have to mention just how Kevin Shoveldelf was like, yeah, after the trade deadline, yeah, we have some guys in house who can come in and be acquisitions. Vili Hainala, he's a good player, and Vili Hainala has played one game, so. <laughs> Um, I mean, I have no idea what what's going on there, but I, I, it is interesting that the GM would be like, "Yeah, let's get, you know, we're, let's grow from within." We got Vili Hainala, and uh, well, he's nowhere to be seen except for the one game that they won in their last seven. Yeah, which, I'm, which is I'm, a coincidence. I'm fascinated to see how this is going to play out. You know, if he gets a legitimate chance, does he go in? Does he just play a game, and you know, it's just to get a game in, and then at the beginning of the playoffs, nowhere to be seen, or do they, you know, go to him for a couple games down the stretch, and you know, and then maybe consider potentially playing in the playoffs. I, we'll find out over these last five games beginning tonight. As I mentioned, Ken Weeb will join us a little bit later on. Hey, PSA to everybody in the chat. Keep your head up today because the OG himself, Gregory Liverpool, is here and has announced, hello, people. I'm very, very, very foggy right now. I feel very ruthless. And Remus, we know we've dealt with the with Greg for a long time. When when Greg is feeling ruthless, the takes could be nuclear. And I will say, um, as we get into this Tom Wilson discussion, I think a lot of people, but especially the GFL, are going to have some things to say about this. Uh, what's transpired or what hasn't transpired between the Capitals, the New York Rangers, NHL player safety. Do you want to get to that right now? It's kind yeah. of it would be a good way to tee this up before Matt Larkin comes. This has on. been a lot of fun. So yeah, Tom. I watched the video again today. Tom Wilson. It really wasn't like wasn't the worst thing ever, but I think punching a guy in the head 
while he's down on the ground. I think that's a big no-no. I don't well, think Well, that's be- garbage. Yeah. That's garbage. But honestly, do you know how close he was? I heard Christopher Steeg talking about this this morning on The Fan. And the way that he's threw a helmetless Panarin down to the ice. I mean, if the angle is an inch different and his head is a little bit lower, like Versteeg said, he could be dead. I mean, that was so dangerous. And listen, I think that they dodged a serious bullet that he wasn't seriously hurt, although he is out for the year as well. Mm. Um I, I'm I'm really interested to see what happens tonight because it's not like the Rangers have, you know, any real legit heavyweights that are going to be going up and taking on Tom Wilson themselves. They might just go and get their asses kicked. Um, but they but they are so bad. And, and Remo, this happened after we were um, on the uh, off the air yesterday. But the Rangers put out a statement in the aftermath of the uh, 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 of the five thousand dollar fine. Um, that you never see. Here it is right here. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed. The Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night in MSG. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Uh, Wow. I mean, literally calling for the job. Essentially, they're trying to cancel George Peros, Remo. And uh, listen, I think there's a lot of people around the league that probably think that's a good idea right about now. I love the statement by the Rangers. Someone's got to stand up and say, hey, this is BS. You heard the players saying that this is a joke. And, I, you know, you look at the play, and, I, yeah, you know, maybe in the past that was kind of like a nothing thing, but, you know, the Department of Player Safety should be there for a reason, um, you know, try to, what, hand out discipline for, you know, issues that, get, you know, that are making the players unsafe, right? And you look at a play like that, and, what, he gets a $5,000 fine. I think the bottom line is this fi- these $5,000 fine tests are a complete joke, like, they don't deter anyone from anything. You might as well not do anything. And it's pretty clear Tom Wilson deserves some kind of discipline for that based on his history and based oh, on no what happened. Doubt. And so the Rangers, I mean, they're pissed off. And, I mean, look, we heard Paul Maurice say it last week. You put a guy's name on the board, you get sued. So what? they feel like, <laughs> what are they supposed to do? Like, what's what do you do? So you got to be like, well, hey, league, help us out here. Come on. Yeah, um, Todd for Tanny. Hey, Todd, what's up? Wilson Fine is a joke. Stick looks like it's under the guy's neck as he falls and pushes down on him, then tosses a star around, then clowns them flexing from the box. Classy. Road Rockets. Anthony Peluso should be a freelancer available on 24-hour notice to any team who needs his yeah. services for that game. The nuclear option, as coined by well, Rick speaking Ralph. speaking of that, um, George Larock tweeted that he's ready to go. He's available. <laughs> Steve Alcat tweeted, Colton Orr is going to be in the building, probably as a spectator. But like, he what's he going to do, be working the penalty box? Yeah. So at least, you know, if Tom Wilson goes to the box, then he's got to deal with Colton Orr, the gatekeeper? Yeah, so, <laughs> and you and I know people are fired up for this game. I saw... Gary Croft writing that um, there was no Rangers availability today. I'll be shocked if something actually happens. I remember I was getting fired up when the Jets and Leafs were playing a couple weeks ago, and 
the Leafs were taking out all these Jets players. Like, oh, the Jets are going to respond. There's no one on the team who's going to do anything. I mean, you see that with the Jets. You see that with the Rangers. All their guys are out. I'm not expecting anything. We'll see. It could get stupid. You never know. Now, Taylor, what's up, Tay? Uh, as As horrific as it was, there are numerous NHL fights that end up with helmetless players being thrown to the ice. I'm confused why it's an issue now. Well, first of all, this wasn't a fight. I mean, Tom Wilson was attacking Buchnevich on the ice and seeing his teammate being, you know, handled like that. Panarin just basically went and was trying to be a peacemaker, a traffic cop, if you will. I mean, trying to grab him and, you know, break things up. Um, and then, you know, Wilson goes nuts. And that's why John Scott, if you heard him talk about it, Christopher Stieg and some other NHLers were so offended by this because, you know, we're talking about, you know, a star player that obviously wasn't there to fight that, you know, was put in a very, very dangerous situation. So we'll talk about this coming up with Matt in a few minutes. Um, while we get ready to do that, we'll uh, give a shout-out to our uh, great team of sponsors, not Autocorp over at Waverly and McGilvery. Why not get into the car of your dreams with the help of the Not team? Incredible pricing, variety of vehicles, and I'll tell you what, if you're thinking about a Tesla, uh, they've got the best selection in Manitoba of Tesla vehicles, but so much more. And if you're in a lease already or looking to move out of your vehicle, you can do that uh, as well with their very successful consignment program. Pop on down, Not Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery, or check them out online at not.ca. And you know, we had this such a good time on Monday. And by the way, congratulations again to Tracy, who did win the Boston Pizza Pizza Week California Shrimp Pizza. We expect a review after you eat it in the chat, Tracy. Um, today, we feature the Boston Pizza Pizza Week Playoff Pizza Flight. The BP's top line of three signature six-inch pizzas with three dips from the 1849, and the playoff pizza flight has the spicy pierogi, the meteor, and the bourbon barbecue chicken. Three of my favorites comes with sriracha ranch, honey dill, creamy garlic dips, and goes great with uh, maybe a Coors Light Canadian or a Vizzy. And you'll be able to call the shot, pin to win with every order. I've been telling you about that for a few weeks. Instant Boston Pizza gift cards as well as potential to get your own outdoor rink built for you next year or a VIP NHL experience. And you know what, Royce, as Royce mentioned, um, Assiniboine Downs is coming back. We're less than two weeks away from live racing. Monday, May 17th, with the first parade to post at 7.20 p.m. This season will again feature large wagering pools, setting up the chance for a big score Watch and wager on Canada's legal horse race wagering site, hpibet.com. It only takes a few minutes to open an account, and you're off to the races. And starting on the 17th, you'll be able to bet with Remus and myself daily here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. All right, as I mentioned, Ken Weeb is coming up a little bit later on the program. We'll look forward to having Ken join us with the latest on the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, but right now, it is a pleasure to welcome in Matt Larkin from the Hockey News for the first time to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Matt, great to have you on the program. Hope you're well. Thanks for doing this. What's going on? It's a pleasure to be here. And, you know, I don't know what's going on. There's there's nothing going on in the hockey world right now. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's just so quiet now. 
Yeah, well, dude, it's not quiet around the peg. I'll tell you that. Seven losses in a row, still waiting to clinch the playoff spot for the first time. We have some nervous, nervous fans. Um, why don't we start there? We were talking about Tom Wilson a little earlier, but we can get to that in a minute and some of the other things around the league. I mean, what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets? You're removed from the market. Um, are you as concerned about this hockey club as uh, most of our listeners are right now here in Winnipeg? Look from a bird's eye view at, at what the Jets were a year ago and what they are now, and I see the same problems. I see a team that got ravaged on the right side of the blue line going into last season. They gave up too many chances. They were bailed out by a tremendous goaltender who won the Vezina Trophy. Why did Connor Hellebuck win the Vezina? Because he wasn't just great. He was great in spite of the fact he was getting peppered with high danger, high risk scoring chances. And that not being rectified again. If you look at the five on near the, the worst, near the top of the league among the worst, and allowing those high danger scoring chances, just scoring chances in general. So they're putting so much pressure on the goaltender again. Some lopsided scores where they're giving up a lot of goals too. They're just bleeding chances. Matt Larkin of the Hockey News with us here on uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Matt, you know, Hellebach has been such an important part of the Jets' success, and you laid it out. I mean, there's a reason why he won the Vesna last year is because he had plenty of opportunity to show everyone that he was the best goalie in the league last year. Um, you know, Hellebach notwithstanding, and, you know, we know what the defense is, and, you know, it would have been great to get Jamie Alexiak, whatever happened, that fell through at the last minute, and you've got Jamie Benn. But, you know, I really think back to the 2018 run. Connor Hellebuck was great, but it was Mark Shifley that was leading the way. And it's been a pretty weird week and a half for Mark Shifley. I mean, you know, it was about 10 days ago, he found himself stapled to the bench for 17 minutes in the second period in a big game against the Leafs on Hockey Night in Canada. And many of us around the club, you know, were really looking to that Monday game against Edmonton for a big you know, a big answer, both from Shifley and the team. And it was the exact opposite. It was one of the most dreadful games. Um, 6-1 was the final. Uh, and, and then it just continued spiraling. I mean, maybe we played a bit better on Wednesday, but a really disappointing game on Friday against a depleted um, a depleted Habs team puts us in the situation where, situation where we are tonight. That's my question for you is, I mean, can the Winnipeg Jets do, you know, be a threat to anybody if they're not getting the best out of Mark Shifley in particular with how much he plays and how important he is to the Winnipeg Jets. Give a shout out to our friends at Royal Sports. You mentioned those draft hats that we had. I saw Toth just picked up a Bears one yesterday. Um, listen, where you're an NFL fan, NHL fan, Jets, Bombers, I mean, they have got it all when it comes to the licensed merch. And of course, with spring now pretty much here, not quite warm enough, but, you know, we'll be outside. We'll be doing things. I mentioned the beginner disc golf kits. They have a ton of them, and they've even got portable nets, so you can set up a course anywhere. I'm going to be getting into that this summer. You might want to try it as well. Pop down to Royal Sports, and while you're there, check out soccer, baseball, hockey, all their new bike selection as well. It's all there at Royal Sports. And our friends at Nick and Nikki DQ, you know the locations Winnipeg Sports Talk fam, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. Nick's still running the uh, 2 for $5 treat deal after 8 p.m. at all four locations. And coming up is this weekend is Mother's Day. So you know what? You probably can't have the big crowd, the big party for Mother's Day you normally do. But you know how you can make mom's uh, Mother's Day a bit better? How about a DQ cake? 
step up, guys. Um, you can find them on um, Instagram at DQ Manitoba, and he should be able to, um, you know, maybe even get you ordered right uh, right over uh, over the gram. So, um, anyways, big thanks to Nick and Nikki for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Get your mom a nice cake and maybe some flowers, too, uh, coming up for Mother's Day. Matt, no, we're having a tough time with Matt. That is unfortunate because, uh, man, they do some great work over at the Hockey News. We would love to get him uh, get him back on, but uh, we'll see uh, what we've got. It. Let's see what we've got in the chat while we're doing it. Um, <laughs> Rob Mahoney, the Flames are a great streak buster. Well, we certainly, we certainly hope that. Um, that would be nice to break that streak right now and going up. We up the Triple H theme song. Paula Dett, Edmonton looks like they're on a real heater right now. Very confident, playing great at all ends of the ice. Dude, they're they're on fire right now. I mean, Connor McDavid has what six points in the last thirty six hours. Um, he's going to get to one hundred in the next couple of games. Maybe just maybe frankly just in these games against the Vancouver Canucks. Not really too sure about that, but um, you know he's doing. Um, they're going to be a beast to play. We know how much success they've had against the Winnipeg Jets so far this season. So, you know, if it's Toronto. To be honest, there's probably a lot of people in the chat right now that would be fine with that. In fact, well, we wait to see if we can get him back on. Um, you know, if if it's up to you, the record's going to be the same, whatever it is. Who would you rather play in the first round? It's going to be either it'd be Edmonton or it's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs. We know the Jets have had head-to-head better success against Toronto this season. Um, they haven't had a lot of success since early in the year against the Edmonton Oilers. And I'm quite interested to see how the uh, do it. Well, we're seeing things. I have a feeling. Let's just, while we get Matt, let's get uh, Mr. Weeb back up here uh, and just get the latest on it. So inserting Vili Hainala and Jansen Harkins are in the lineup tonight. Interesting, folks. What do you think about that? Vili is getting a chance to play tonight. It's not Jordy Ben. And apparently it won't be Logan Stanley, but it is Vili Hainala who's back in the lineup. And, now, as we talked about before, Villy was in the lineup the last time the team won. So, you know, maybe this will just be a good coincidence that they can get a win, get Villy Hanela back in the lineup. Um, I do sort of feel for Logan Stanley, as I mentioned off the top of the program. I thought he had a great, great game. Um, but, you know, when you give up the puck in the final 90 seconds, it ends up in the back of your net. That's usually something, especially a coach like uh, uh, Maurice with other options might decide to make a move. So Harkins in, Hainala in today for the Winnipeg Jets. Um, let's get Remus back in here. Uh, oh, we're trying. We might just have, yeah, we're trying. We, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We'll try it again at some point. Um, but Remo, how about that? You ask and you shall receive. Mr. Vili Hainala in the lineup tonight, along with Jansen Harkins, who I thought actually played quite well a couple games ago when he was in. Last him. So, yeah, the Jets, the losing streak's over. The Jets are winning. Uh, Villy's in the lineup. Uh, the one last time he was in, so just mark it down. Put your bets in. I'm pretty sure the Jets have moved. Uh, they're ne- we're an underdog before, now a favorite. Uh, so all, all's well, right, Huss? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jets only win when they're underdogs. We all know that. All right, let's uh, take one more kick at the can at this and see if we can uh, get Matt back in with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Matt, can you hear us okay? I don't know, Huss. You may just have to uh, scrap it here. No problem. Well, I'll tell you what. Next time we get hooked up with Matt, we'll maybe do a little bit more testing beforehand because Matt does amazing work. You can check out the uh, Hockey News playoff preview. It is out now as well. 
um, and give Matt a follow on Twitter at THN Matt Larkin. Um, so anyways, we'll get into more of these topics with Ken uh, coming up in the, in the next little bit. Remo, we've had a pretty good tech run over the last little while. It's been a while since um, we had an interview go sideways the way that one did, unfortunately. Uh, but dependent on technology, sometimes that's what happens. And uh, we got got today by the internet. Yeah, I don't know. We had a we, again. We had a really good streak. I haven't been putting anyone on mute, and nope. everyone's no worked. Muted. Everyone's worked well, but for whatever reason, the technology gods were not on our side uh, for this one. <laughs> well, I can tell you. I mean, no one has had more snafus and issues with technology than Ken Weeb, as we have discussed on this program before. Um, he had a mic issue as well on Kenny and Rennie on the weekend, but did figure it out or fix it at some point during the program. Um, so Ken, we tested earlier. Ken sounded angelic into his mic. So we will have him coming up a little bit later on. Here's Mitch. Taking Stanley out in a heavier game makes zero sense. I'm sort of with you. I mean, as I said I, off the top of the program, I was hoping that Stanley would stay in. Uh, I thought that he deserved it based on the way that he played, and I think confidence is so important to get yanked after playing well for 58 and a half minutes and having you know an unfortunate sort of fluke happen at the end of the game, which ended up in the back of the net. I would have loved to see him get a chance to go back in, redeem himself, whatever you want to call it. And I mean, I would have been fine if one of the other guys wanted to take a you know to take a so you know Forbert, Tucker Pullman. Um, but anyways, I know a lot of the fan base is going to be happy that Vili Hainala is in the lineup, but I have to admit, Mitch, I am with you. Uh, I would like to see uh, Stanley in, and uh, there's Tail. I wish it was both Stanley and Hainola. We, lo- we need a little bit of both of them right now. I think that's a good point. I really do think they need a little bit of both of them right now. And at some point, maybe if they can win this game tonight, you have the playoff spot clinched. You pretty much know where you're at. I, I do think there's some heavy miles on Pullman, but especially Derek Forbert this year with how much he's played. I don't think it would be the worst thing to give a player like that a night off, uh, a couple games off if you want, get a bit more of an idea about, you know, those depth defensemen. Um, even if you plan to put Derek Forbert right back in beside Neil Pionk at the beginning of the next, uh, uh, you know, beginning of the series, you know, at least, you know, gives them a little bit of rest and a chance for some of these younger players to play. Uh, Robert Palmer, here we go again. Big stand out. I lost all faith in the Pomo system. His glass need more strength because the vets are the ones letting him down along with his no rookie stance over aging vets. Um, Paula Dett, Maurice makes no sense not resting forward. I'm, just, I'm saying I think that could possibly happen soon. Um, but this goes back to the 6-1 game against Monday last week. Um, you know, we came on that program and you know, it was obviously a lot of doom and gloom after a performance like that. Um, but I... I think I said on last Tuesday's show, I wouldn't be surprised if they went back in on Wednesday and, you know, took a few guys out and put a couple new guys into the lineup. And that, in fact, didn't happen until a little later on. So, um, you know, as I said, we'll get to that with Ken coming up in a few minutes. Ken's going to join us at 1.45 if you're watching with us live. Well, I'll tell you, before we get Remus back in here, this is a perfect chance. Told you all, and once again, welcome to Little Brown Jug Brewing Company, now our official beer sponsors. What a great partners we've got with us here on the program. And uh, we've got two new beers. We're announcing two new beers from Little Brown Jug, recently released just in time for the warmer weather. 
Their summer lager sports floral, lemon, and berry aromas. It's light gold in color. It has a clean and crisp finish. Perfect for a round of golf, hanging out at the lake, or working in the garden on a hot day. I've got one here. I've not tried this one yet, but I'm looking forward to it. And I got to say, Little Brown Jug, the can, the art on the cans. Sometimes you don't even want to crack the beer because they look so nice. So there it is, the Summer Lager. Look for the zeros on the front of it. And then the LBJ Hefeweizen. I've been working on that word. I think I'm doing pretty well on it. Another great, really cool can. The Hefeweizen is the newest brew inspired by traditional breweries. It's a hazy German wheat beer with notes of banana, clove, and bread. Brings you tropical flavors and a creamy mouthfeel using only traditional ingredients. No sugar or fruit were harmed in the making of this beer. You can find both brews in their online store for home delivery. You don't want to go out? They'll bring it right to you. Home delivery or pickup inside of their Good Times variety pack that you can find at your nearest liquor mart or beer store. And uh, for more on their home delivery and everything else they have, you can go to littlebrownjug.ca and um, find out more. Remo, um, it looks like we're not going to get into the conversation with Matt Larkin. Um, But I will ask you this. CFL draft last night. I know we normally, you know, it's tough to go and know too much about all the players, especially in a weird year like this where many guys didn't play. But the Bombers, um, the Bombers picked a very intriguing, intriguing individual with their first pick in the draft. And uh, I think you know where I'm going with this one. He sent me a video. I mean, how big is this guy? 344 pounds, offensive lineman, third overall. I'm seeing comparisons to uh, the legend himself, Chris Walby. Um, What can you tell me about this guy? Those those are nice. So it's Liam Dobson, an offensive lineman out of Maine. Um, Bit of a big belly. He looks like an absolute beauty. Where's number 69? Um, and he's actually not going to play pro this year. He has transferred to Texas State. Um, yeah, I guess he graduated, so he's, he doesn't have to sit out a year. He is going to Texas State to play another year and would love to play in the um, NFL if possible, but seemed to be quite excited. But the, the, the thing that was so noteworthy about this, and I'll give a hat tip to Bombing and John Hodge, you tweeted this out, is that this guy is, uh, well, he was referred to as a Canadian road grader on the draft, which obviously is quite exciting when you're talking about a, um, when you're talking about a lineman. But he was also um, noted for his incredible freakish athletic ability, despite how big he is. Um, Rio, do we have the video ready to go? So check this out. He starts off, he's stepping on the scale and then watch what he does. This is unbelievable. If you're listening on the podcast, the big guy's stepping on it. What kind of scale is that? Uh, it's a uh, it's a digital scale for big old linemen. There he is, three forty four point zero. So the big guy now walks through the door, goes into the gym. Grabs a bag, grabs no, a basketball. Watch <laughs> this, watch this. Oh my god. <laughs> he gets up and dunks the basketball. 344 pounds of this guy. Uh, I- I'll be honest. I, you know, th- th- these are the sort of things we find out more about the Liam Dobsons after the fact. So it wasn't like I was expecting this pick or really, you know, had any, you know, prior info on this. But the minute I saw this guy, and I think a lot of Bomber fans, 
have fallen in love with this guy already, Reem. And I'll tell you what, you know, with a draft class last year already ready to come in, this is actually a pretty excellent setup, I think, for him to go play at Texas State. Listen, if he makes the NFL, you know, it's a chance you take. But if not, playing another year at a very high level, getting ready to help the Bombers on the offensive line in a season doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, that is a uh, a large guy. And yeah, this is a bit of a weird season. So if you're down in the States, you know, maybe stay there and play. It seems like more things, especially in Texas, you can do more things there than you can here. Right now, and I know Rod Peterson, he seemed kind of pessimistic about the CFL yesterday, but we'll wait and see. Uh, they did have the draft. It was an exciting time, maybe a bit different than in the past. But I mean, we see a video of this guy uh, dunk that ball at 344 pounds. That's a lot of weight. I'm obsessed with this air. guy. I'm obsessed with this guy. The uh, hair flip, too, at the end, I think, made the video as well. So, so good. Here's some of the other picks that the Bombers made. Um, so first round, third overall, they go with Dobson. 16th overall, they took a DB, Retta Cramdy, from the uh, Montreal Carabins, or Carabins, I guess they're referred to, if uh, we're French. Patrice Rene from Rutgers, a DB, with the 21st pick in the draft. And this is one that I think really got a lot of people in Regina quite angry. Rob Lowe, um, Robbie Lowe's, excuse me, linebacker from Regina was selected by the Bombers with the 31st, fourth pick. I got a DM from a listener uh, that said, can you explain to me how O'Day is a GM in Saskatchewan, misses up and doesn't take Borsa? That would be the next one, Kyle Borsa, another Regina Ram who was selected 39th by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They had jerseys made up as his watch party, but Winnipeg takes him. I guess they hope he scores on Labor Day and shows O'Day how much of an idiot it is, what it's not like to draft local guys. And Remo, you know what I thought about when I heard that? That reminded me of our conversation going into the draft when I called on the show, just watch. Our hearts are going to be broken because the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to go and take Nick Dembski. And lo and behold, they did. And it took three years before Dembski got to come back home, put on the blue and gold, and eventually become a Grey Cup champion. I remember how uh, upset you were about that. But uh, hey, it ended up working out it did. in the end. It worked out. So I, you don't have to be, uh, I don't think you don't have to be upset about that anymore. Yeah, the Suk Chung pick was fine. Um, he was a great addition to the offensive line. And at that point, they absolutely needed to add to the offensive line. So they did it. They got it done. And um, <laughs> now we move on with this new draft class. But as I said, Kyle Borussia, Robbie Lowe's, two from Regina. And then we got a, a hometown, our St. Adolph's Shea Weeks. The former UMBM Bison who was playing at Bemidji State is also a member of the club. So I'll have to get Eddie Tate on. Um, and we will be talking to Jeff Hamilton on the weekend, uh, on Friday. We think we'll probably end up talking more Jets, to be honest. Um, but we will certainly touch on this, um, maybe on tomorrow's show, a little bit of a rundown on uh, everything the Bombers have done. And, of course, going forward as to what's next now that these individuals have been selected. Um, while we wait for Ken to join us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily, why don't we do a quick look at tonight's action in the National Hockey League and... Lo and behold, Remo, right at the top of the cool bet lines. There it is. Washington Capitals minus 141. New York Rangers plus 120. I'm not sure many people are that interested in the final score of this game more than if anything happens. 
um, in the aftermath of uh, the the garbage with Tom Wilson at the end of their last meeting two nights ago. Yeah, I love I love the uh, Rangers statement. What do they say? Call it excessive violence. It was. <laughs> I mean, it's very, it's very WWE right now. You know, Tom Wilson comes out with the steel chair, and the Rangers walk into the ring and you know drop the mic and have the statement the, delivered. The best, it's it like delivered by Paul Heyman. Honestly, they may, have, <laughs> they may as well have d- paid for a cameo and had him read it. I mean, trying to exaggerate a little, but I think everyone is on Team Rangers here. Everyone's just sick of of Tom Wilson's. BS. Uh, I mean, ca- calm down a little, right? Right? Us. <laughs> you know, exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. Now, um, we're going to get to Ken. I do just want to get to some of these other games for tonight. Uh, Habs sends Montreal minus 154, Ottawa plus 130. Those are the same odds as the Jets had in Ottawa over on Monday. Um, big game tonight, Vegas and Minnesota. Huge comeback. We really didn't talk about that a couple nights ago. Minnesota, three goals in the final few minutes to have a furious comeback and beat the Knights 6-5. Rematch tonight, Vegas minus 115, Minnesota minus 102. And then, of course, we've got the Calgary Flames and the Winnipeg Jets. Flames now minus 125 favorites, Jets plus 105. We've just heard from the coach and some of the players. Ken Weeb was on the call, and one day earlier than his normal Thursday visit before the Friday edition of Kenny and Rennie, Weeb's world himself joins us now. Ken, how are you? What's going on? Have you how how's the battles with technology gone today? Have you been dominating? <laughs> uh, yeah, nothing but winning. Hus doing a lot of winning here today. No doubt about that. We, we worked through we worked through our differences. <laughs> <laughs> for at least for the time being. <laughs> um, well, let's just get to the, the latest news coming out of the um, Paul Maurice uh, session. Uh, sounds like Billy Hainel and Jansen Harkins are going in. Uh, what did the coach have to say on those decisions? What do you think? Yeah, Hassan, another Ken Weeb special. Uh, you and I discussing before the show uh, what I what I would do personally, what I thought Paul Maurice might do, and those two things did not align. So I, I didn't go bold enough and say it was going to be Hanela for sure, but lo and behold, uh, there he is. The competition that some folks thought was over or non-existent is actually still happening here. Uh, so he mentioned, you know, obviously it's going to be kind of a playoff-style hockey game. We know that the Flames are probably going to be eliminated, but uh, they're still fighting for their lives mathematically so i think they should be uh, you know presenting a little bit of a challenge in terms of that four check and heavy heaviness that a team might see in the playoffs so i think it's a great opportunity for hanala he's going to be playing with dylan Demello, who uh, as we've discussed before i think is a perfect partner for him at this stage uh, neil pionk will be staying with josh morrissey which is something that i've certainly been advocating for uh, of late uh, on on Kenny and Rennie and certainly when you and I have talked privately as well so I think that's a smart move as well Uh, I know some folks immediately up in arms thinking that Hanela will be limited to just a 12 minute block here because he's on the third pairing I I don't think that's necessarily the case I think that even though that Poolman and Forbert will will be on that second slot uh, where the lines are written I think that the ice time will be a lot closer maybe And, and again there will be you know, some some penalty kill ice time for Forbert, obviously, in that stretch. But uh, it's a great opportunity. Again, uh, he's a guy who has played well when he's been in. 
I think his puck moving ability will be a you know a nice asset for the Jets here when they play against a Flames team that has given them trouble. We know what kind of trouble they gave them on the forecheck in the bubble. Obviously, this is a different time for both teams, but uh, I think it's a smart move there. And in terms of Harkins, I've liked the strides that Veselainen has been making, Huss, but I, I think that Harkins has really played excellent hockey. Uh, we know this was not a uh, you know a, a level of play issue for Harkins coming out uh, the other night, but I mean I think that he's really provided a nice little bit of stability on that fourth line and you know depending on how things go I could see a scenario personally where Harkins and Perot potentially flip-flop at some point uh, I mean Perot's had a great season he's gone a little bit you know cold is maybe a little bit of a stretch but uh, not quite as hot as he was earlier on in the year so I could see that happening at some point just because uh, Harkins's speed that he could bring to that Dubois Stastny line potentially but I think it was important to get him back in the lineup as well. Um, focusing on the defense do you think that there has ever been any consideration to actually ice a lineup that has both Hanela and Logan Stanley in it? <laughs> Well, I think the discussion certainly has been held, Huss. Um, and obviously, too, I mean, it hasn't, you know, Paul Maurice has never come out and flat out said it. But I think that Forward is one of those players who is often that question mark in terms of health uh, on the back end that has been brought up on several occasions when when Paul Maurice says we might have someone uh, health related. I think that, I mean, again... I, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. Uh, I would say that given his medical history and the fact that he dealt with a back injury last year, I would say that it's probably pretty likely that he's one of the players that's battling through, um, you know, again, whether you're going to call it being injured or having an injury. I mean, that that's sort of you know, something that is, there's a fine line between the two, but uh, he's healthy enough to play. But uh, again, I think that we could see it depending on, I think too, the Jets want, you know, they've talked all about process, sure, but they need to stop this losing streak and once they do that then yes i could see an element a potential for forward maybe coming out to get a rest and then stanley and hanala both stay in the lineup together um but again i think the other things too i should have mentioned i mean you asked about what paul Maurice said he said he really liked stanley's game the other night with the exception of you know the last play that ends up on the highlight reel uh, in terms of the goal that you and I discussed before the show started. I mean, Logan Stanley played a great game, really strong hit on Thomas Shabbat that has knocked him out for the season. Again, nobody wants to see a star player get knocked out, but for a team that hadn't really had as much bite or edge of late, seeing that type of play is what the Jets need, and that and that's something that they'll be looking for once the intensity ramps up for the playoffs. So, again, I think that Paul Maurice pointed out quite aptly that. Stanley played a solid, really solid game the other night in his return to the lineup. But ultimately, I mean, he wanted to get a look at it. He's not being benched because of the mistake. I think you, you can't ignore the mistake, but that's not necessarily the reason he's coming out. He wanted to see Hanley again, and this is an opportunity for him to get him back in there. Ken Weeb with us here in Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Listen, we'll get back to the Jets in a second, but shout out to Mitch for tipping me off to this. Uh, Elliot Friedman reporting, Ken that the New York Rangers have fired John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. Yeah. Serious? <laughs> dead serious. Whoa. I'm dead serious. And, you know, so a lot of talk about the Rangers coming out of yesterday and that Whoa. statement they put out calling for, basically calling for George Peros's job. Um, I mean, listen, I, all I have, we're just looking at this tweet. NYR have fired John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. So, I mean, there's no additional information on that, but that's a bit of a bombshell right now in the National Hockey League, especially with everything else that's going on around that hockey club in the aftermath of Monday night and a rebuild that is not where they expected to be right now. 
Wow. Uh, that is a, a massive turn of events for sure. Um, like, There's no way that that statement yesterday goes out without having the backing of, I mean, again, those are the two most important people in the organization outside of the actual owner. Well, so here's interesting. And I don't know if you can see this. Remus uh, doing a great job has just popped it up in the chat. But for people listening on the podcast, this is from oh, Frank sorry. Saravelli. Okay. Sources say that Rangers president John Davidson and GM Jeff Gordon scurried to distance themselves from the team statement that was issued on Tuesday night, telling other executives they did not know it was in the works until after it was released. So the timing of this is very interesting, Ken, when it, when it comes to you know everyone talking about that game, what's going on with Tom Wilson. Um, I'll tell you what, I did not have a two massive firings coming out of uh, New, New York um, as the result of what we heard for yesterday from the, from the team. Right. We were expecting a, a large fine uh, to be levied, right? I mean, that was the, you know, people on social making that, you know, everyone is siding with the Rangers, except you knew there would be, you know, a, you know, a pushback from the league because even if people agreed with the statement, um, you knew that that's not the kind of language that teams can be you know, lobbing at the league office. So, uh, you know, protection of the shield. Does this change the fact that there will be no fine now? I mean, that, that'll be the next story that we want to I mean, follow up on, I guess. Well, but- what did you, what was your reaction when you we saw that? Because that happened afterwards. We talked about it a little earlier than we read sure. the statement. I mean, I, I was, my jaw was on the floor. I mean, it was the strongest. And, and listen, I frankly, I support the message. I mean, I, I think I understood yeah. why they felt the way that they did. But for that story, I mean, the old, it reminded me of the old, old Oakland Raiders with Al Davis. I mean, going up against and literally fighting their, you know, the National Football League. Um, this We haven't seen a statement like this from a team maybe ever, Ken. No, no doubt. I mean, it was definitely harsh and to the point uh, you, you you could not miss misinterpret what was being said and the message that was being delivered. Um, yeah, well, it's, sorry, I, I'm sort of lost for words, Huss, to be honest. Uh, it, it, you don't, as you mentioned, you just don't see this kind of statement being levied and you don't see this kind of response uh, as, as often as <laughs> as one might might expect in our in a hot take society. Generally, organizations just are not in the business of having that type of response and uh, I, I'll be fascinated to see if there are still going to be fines levied uh, by the league as well, Huss. I mean, because that, that's the reaction that everyone was expecting. Like, ev- even if some people have aligned them, you know, many people align themselves in, in agreement, you knew that the league was going to respond. And I mean, uh, we also, uh, this is not just, you know, some expansion franchise with all due respect to expansion franchises. This is an original six member who basically, as you mentioned, said, we're taking on the league and we don't think that this person is qualified to do the job. So man, that's uh, like I said, quite, quite shocking news. On, it was on, Remus, on all fronts. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have an, an absolutely incredible clip of just your facial expression. When I told you that they got fired like that, that's definitely going in the Winnipeg sports talk archives. There's, there's no doubt about that. No question. In, in, in fact, in fact, there might be some Ken Lee memes being dropped tonight during the game. You never know. You never know what we're going to do. Kenny. Um, I'm happy listen. to supply the entertainment value here. Hey, uh, even when I'm lost for words, which is rare, as you know, before we get back to the, Jets um uh, what what was your take on what happened with Tom Wilson and the $5,000 fine um and I guess subsequent to that how angry the Rangers are and what you might think happens tonight yeah 
it's a tough one, Huss, because it just it's something that is was just simply unnecessary. Um, I, I understand the uproar, and I just wish that Wilson had not done that. Right? It's just something that was completely avoidable. Um, the pulling of the hair is one thing. It, it, you know that Artemi Panarin is not going to be fighting Tom Wilson, so. Don't respect him enough, A, not to grab his hair, and B, to throw him to the ice. Because if, if you know, you would hate to see it, but that could have ended badly for Panarin. I mean, it's already bad enough that one Very of the, badly, one of the league's so brightest lucky. stars is not going to finish the season, which is bad enough in itself. But you put a guy's life and career in jeopardy when a guy without a helmet is being tossed to the ice. For no reason in particular, right? I mean, and that's the thing that that is frustrating because Tom Wilson is an effective hockey player when he plays within the confines of the rules. And yes, part of his job is you know tiptoeing on the boundary, but he clearly passed the boundary in that in that instance, and it just was not necessary. Um, and again, I think it's something that we heard about. Mike Fudo was on yesterday uh, on Sportsnet talking about it. It's a situation where it's a bullying type of behavior because he knows the Rangers don't really have someone that's going to come out and go after him because he's bigger and stronger than everybody else. So it just was unnecessary and you hate to see it, right? I mean, it's just an unnecessary play. It, it's not as predatory as some of the other things that Wilson and other people have done, but it just is something that does not need to happen. And it's part of what gives the league a black eye to some people. Like there's just no place in sport for that. Like you just hate to see it. No, I I thought it was Bush league as well. And I mean, this wasn't like Panarin was being aggressive at Tom Wilson. He was being a peacekeeper, trying to take care of a teammate that was getting punched while he was face down on the ice. I mean, Listen, I think we're all in agreement on that. Um, that being said, I mean, George Peros going forward, I mean, what does this do for him? I mean, does he still, do you think he still has the full support of the, the league and the NHLPA, or is this something that, you know, they pretty much force him um, to make some sort of a move? Yeah, that's that's also a tough one, Huss. I mean, I think that this whole ordeal could have been avoided with just a simple... Who would have been complaining if Wilson had been, even if you don't think it's egregious enough to suspend, for someone who has that type of a track record, just to say as a deterrent, even it's a game or two, like that puts Wilson on notice to Pre- prevent future incidents, right, Huss? I mean, that that's the thing that I think stands out the most. Well, he got seven games earlier this season, if I'm not right. mistaken, for a hit that, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I if that's not Tom Wilson, maybe a guy's getting a game, certainly not yeah. seven. But that's why with his rap sheet, what he's done before, when something like that happens last night, I mean, th- I was stunned that there wasn't some sort of a suspension. And well, obviously the Rangers were too. What happens tonight, Ken? Yeah, I don't think it turns into a bloodbath. Um, but again, I, I think there are certainly going to be some shots taken where possible for sure. But again, will they be at Tom Wilson or will they be at the Panarin types on the Washington Capitals? Well, that's the thing that you also hate to see, Huss, because generally that's how it goes. I mean, if you don't have someone big, big enough to attack the bully, then what happens is what you hate to see in hockey is that then the other skilled players who really have nothing to do with it get targeted. Huss, we both love baseball. I mean, when the pitcher is beaning someone, it's never the pitcher that gets beaned when he comes to the plate right? It's somebody else. It's a star player in the lineup that gets buzzed by the ears, right? So uh, that you hate to see that. But again, I, I don't think it's going to 
you know, turn into chaotic vigilante justice. But at the same time, if you're a skilled player in the Washington Capitals, you have both eyes wide open and your head is seriously on a swivel because of the potential for that kind of retaliation. Probably for the first time since they traded Brendan Lemieux, they wish they had him back for at least one game tonight. <laughs> I'll just leave that there. Um, no, let's get back that. to the Jets. Uh, it will be interesting. It's a six o'clock game, so we can sort of pay attention to that before things get going in Calgary a little bit later on. Um, Ken, seven in a row. Um, we know how desperate this team is for a win tonight. What are you looking for from the Winnipeg Jets tonight when they get going? Um, because uh, you know, there's been a few times during this streak where I've expected, you know, big first periods, a big, big pushback from the Winnipeg Jets, and it hasn't been. Uh, is there a player or two you're specifically focusing in on tonight that this team needs more from right from the get-go this evening? Yeah, for sure, Huss. I mean, we've discussed this as well. I mean, Mark Shifley, one goal in his last five. Kyle Connor, one goal in his last seven. Uh, both of those guys with just a single point during those, uh, you know, long stretches of, you know, just not being as productive as we're used to seeing them. And again, it's just not just about the goal scoring. It's about being dangerous on the ice. These are the best offensive players on the Jets that are currently in the lineup, especially with Nikolai Ehlers being out. Uh, They need to be more dangerous. Uh, They need to get more pucks to the net, be dangerous. Again, we've seen that sort of element of overpassing come into play throughout the course of this year. When guys are in a bit of an offensive funk, then that also happens more of the whole squeezing the stick. Now you're overthinking things normally when you would shoot naturally. Now you're looking for that perfect backdoor play. That's not there. Uh, so those guys I would look to, you know, kind of, they need to be the offensive drivers, right? I mean, that's plain and simple uh, in terms of, I think Connor Hellbuck had a great chance to reset. Uh, we know it's been a rough patch for him as well. And again, I am not putting this at the feet of Connor Hellbuck, even though some people still say Ehlers is the MVP. Connor Hellbuck is still the MVP of the Jets. Um, 18 goals allowed in five games, twice being pulled. I, those aren't Connor Hellbuck numbers. But again, I'm not laying it at his feet. His team was bad in front of him. But Hellebuck, the Jets' best path to pulling out of this is a dominant goaltending performance. So is that fair? Of course not. But given the structure of the Jets and where things are at, when things are wobbling, he needs to play basically his best game of the month tonight. Uh, especially when you know the other guy at the end, the guy at the other end, Jacob Markstrom, is, you know, again, it, it's been tougher for him since he came back from the injury, but he's a he's a high-level goaltender who was, you know, in the Vesna discussion last year before he got hurt. So those are three guys for sure. And again, we've talked about him a lot. I think Pierre-Luc Dubois prior to last game has shown some really good signs of moving forward, but he is now coming to the time where he needs to be a dom- like not just a very good player for the Jets. He needs to be a force when the playoffs arrive. Um, he's running out of runway here in order to do that. But again, I was you know DMing with the Aaron Ports line this year. And for all the fans who thinks, think that he can't flip the switch when the playoffs arrive, Aaron was happy to tell me that this is not abnormal. Late in the year, Dubois kind of goes through a bit of a stretch where it's quiet. And then when the playoffs start, he finds a way to raise his level. That's happened, I think, in the last two years. So uh, for all the folks who are you know, ready to dismiss either this season or whatever else they're thinking of, uh, I still would put up the old yellow caution, the caution sign that, that the, when, the, when the vehicle's backing up, I still got the caution sign up when it comes to Dubois because he can still make a big impact. Uh, when it matters most. And I think he will have a chance to do that here. But again, I, I think that he's been quite vocal also, us in saying that he needs to bring more. 
the time has come for that to start happening uh, so that he, he doesn't just rely on that happening when the playoffs arrive. You know, it's great that he says that. Um, and, uh, but it does say something that, you know, we're focusing in on, oh, the Jets need the youngest player in their lineup to step up and take over. And then, listen, they did give up a heavy, heavy price to get him. And there are big expectations that come with that. But at the same time, Ken, um, I mean, like we said back in 2018, Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley, this team will go as far as those two individuals in particular take them and maybe some Nick Ehlers when he gets into the lineup as well. Yeah, for sure. And again, I'm not placing this on the shoulders of Pierre-Luc Dubois saying he needs to carry this team out of the abyss by any stretch. I'm just saying that this is a guy that has the ability to be a difference maker, uh, not just on the board, but in terms of two-way play. And again, I thought the other night he started well. He had a really great chance on the uh, power play. But then after that, he kind of took that penalty that, you know, he probably looking back was a frustration penalty you understand why those things are happening when a seven game losing streak is happening but again I, I think that Dubois has shown some signs I just think there's another level to reach and I think that he reaches it before it's too late but you're right I mean Mark Shifley uh, I mean I thought his game after the benching was solid five shots on goal had a goal yes it was window dressing in a 6-1 game but there was a response there uh, it's been a little bit quiet the last little bit and I, I think, too, I think Shifley will be judged on how his playoffs go, but he's the kind of guy that that needs to say, get on board here. I'm the driver of this team, and I have to set the standard here. Ken, um, Paul Adet asks, um, and, you know, the, it was interesting hearing Maurice respond to, I believe, Billick's question, just about, you know, the pressure of being a coach at this time. Sure. You know, coaches hired to be fired, some quicker than others, um, but... <laughs> Um, the question from Paul is, is Maurice coaching for his job for next year? I mean, nothing's happening right now. That would be insane to think that there would be any sort of a change made before the playoffs. But um, if things don't turn around, how damaging will that be going forward for um, the guy that's been here for eight years as the uh, head coach? Yeah, I mean, it, I certainly understand that that the position is out there. And again, I, teams only won playoff, two playoff series during that tenure. That That's a long stretch of time. Um, I, I don't, I think the seat is getting warmer, Huss, uh, how hot it is in a COVID world. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, it will depend on how, again, I think same as what we said before, Paul Maurice is going to be judged by the overall body of work, but specifically how the team plays in the playoffs. I think that will determine, um, how danger, how, how much in danger is he of losing his job? We know he's in the first year of a three-year deal. We know that the time economic times are definitely tough. We don't know if there will be fans in the building, um, in the fall. But the one thing that I would always caution folks that if, if they think that the Jets are going to fire Paul Maurice with two years left and maybe roughly $6 million left on a deal, if they think that the Jets are going to go out and hire a $5 million coach like Bruce Brudrow, or maybe he's not quite that level or John Tortorella, I just don't see that happening. I don't see the Jets paying, making a five-year commitment to bring in a, a top five coach that's available in order to make that change. So uh, I think the pressure is certainly mounting us. And again, we, we've said this before. I mean, my position was always things would have to be go, go really poorly in order for Paul Maurice to be in danger. Um, I mean, seven game losing streak is something that's never happened during his time here. So is he in more danger than he was before? I think that's fair. Uh, I also would say it's not a, you know, it's not a guarantee that he would be out of work, but I mean, if the jets get swept and they can't turn it around in the last five games, Hey, all facets of the organization will be under review. I mean, that that's what happens when times get that tough. But um, 
again, I, I just think it'll be super interesting to see how things turn around. And uh, I've talked about this with others before. I mean, right now the Leafs look like they're a dominant force. Right now the Oilers look like they're a really good hockey team that's made incredible strides. As much as the Jets have some playoff demons they need to overcome, those two other teams have some mounting pressure as well. And we've seen in this market what the weight of expectation can do. So for everyone in those other markets, thinking that the Oilers or the Leafs are a guarantee to make the, you know, make the final four, um, I would say, remember, it's only the regular season right now and things change so quickly. Ask the Tampa Bay Lightning, right? No, not one person predicted the Columbus Blue Jackets to as an eighth seed to knock out the best team and the President's Trophy winner. And again, I'm not saying the Jets are here, um, you know, minding their business so that they can make some ridiculous run. But um, things change. I mean, we know that we know that it's a tough time for them right now. They have a lot of areas they need to clean up. But um, let's see how things yeah, go in I, a couple I, weeks' time. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I'm not saying. That the criticism yeah. is unright, possibly. Yeah, I mean, no, and I'm not have a reason here, to be upset. There's and, no doubt about that. Yeah, and I'm not sitting here going, "Oh, geez, they should fire the coach." Uh, I no, mean, I know. Listen, I do think that if they, I mean, if they don't get this thing turned around and have a very quick exit, I think there's going to be some real tough conversations about what happened this season, how Agreed did it totally. happen again, and and that'll be tough. But let me just ask you, based on what you just said, uh, because I I think. There were always some people that wondered whether the Jets were going to be able to compete with the big boys in the National Hockey League, you know, when they came back in. And, you know, I'll give the management and ownership all the credit in the world for spending what they've had to do to keep their players. They've spent near the cap. I mean, they have been competitive with everybody else. Is the coaching situation different in your mind, Ken, uh, in that, you know, there's some things that they organizationally would be willing to do maybe less than other more well, more uh, well-heeled teams, if you will, um, and and how much a part of that whole equation when it comes to, you know, if you if you did make that decision, having two salaries on, how much is that complicated by what they're going through business-wise now without fans in the seats? Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's impossible to know, and no one's told me this, but just based on the behavior, I mean, the Jets, you're right, us, they've been a cap-sealing team, so they're not afraid to spend money, but. At the same time, I just think that it's it's for folks that think that Barry Trotz is walking through the door at five million when the coach that's not going to be coaching is being paid three million. I mean, that would be a monumental step in unprecedented economic times. Again, I'm not saying it's impossible. I would say I would be surprised as someone who's I mean, Huss, you've been around we've been around covering this team since they've been back and dating way back to the Moose days. So um that would be a surprise to me if if that happens. But again, it, Desperate times come for desperate measures. And if the Jets no longer think that Paul Maurice is the guy to do the job, then of course they could make that decision. But I would say at this juncture, I would be surprised if it's Paul Maurice being replaced by Gerard Gallant or John Tortorella or Bruce Boudreaux. But Tortorella, again, can you imagine? Hey, PLD, welcome back. Well, again, I, I just <laughs> use him as an example, exactly. That would be Shakespearean drama at its finest. But uh, the, one, the one thing, again, like I, I totally understand people are frustrated. Um, and again, it's rightfully so on a lot of levels, but uh, I mean, let, let's just see how the rest of the, before the firing happens, we know it's not happening in the regular season. So let's see how these thi- this thing plays out. Is there a path to, you know, further job security for Paul Maurice? Sure. 
win a round or two. Win some right? games, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's it's a very easy path. And is that impossible to happen? Of course not. I mean, we know it took forever for the Jets to lose more than two in a row. Now they've hit it. You know, they've hit a serious rough patch. This is where this is where coaches earn their livelihood, Huss. I mean, right? I mean, I thought that Palmer's handled the question uh, very well. And Huss, you and I know this. We've seen how coaches react before the pink slip arrives. Palmer's didn't look like a guy who was uh, lacking answers or felt like he was about to walk the plank. At least that's that was my interpretation. Well, you know, it, it, it's been amazing, Ken. And, and, you know, it's a great point in that, you know, we've been listening to Paul Maurice every day for the better part of eight years. And, you know, I mean, he's a brilliant communicator. Um, and there, But there are different Maurice interviews and there's oh, different for sure. Maurice moods. And we've seen a bunch of different ones over the course of this seven games. Um, you know, there's been some times where he's been, I think, legitimately pissed off at the way his team has played. And there's been some others like coming out of the Ottawa game that I think he realized that they're down, but, you know, did a lot of the things that he needs to see uh, out of them. And, you know, I'm not sure whether there was a lot of tough love, but more support coming out of that game, knowing that, you know, a win is around the corner if they continue to believe in themselves and do that. And, you know, again, it's a results-based business. They haven't been getting the results, but not all of these losses have been equal, if you will, uh, if you will, probably in the minds of the coaching staff and certainly not in the minds of the people that have been watching the games. For sure. And that's the biggest thing for me to reiterate, Huss. I mean, had the Jets continued to play like they did in that 6-1 loss to the Edmonton Oilers, hey, by all means, then you can say the team has quit because they were not, you know, uh, you know, adhering to core principles or values in that game. That's a fact. But since that time, they've basically allowed three even strength goals. Yes, their power play has gone cold and their penalty kill had sprung a significant leak. But in terms of their five on five game, they're, they're probably better equipped than they were for quite some time. Uh, when Paul Stastny, you know, so eloquently pointed out that there had been cheat in their game for probably 10, 15, 20 games. That cheat in their game has not been completely eliminated, but it certainly has been reduced dramatically. So, again, do you expect the Jets to figure – they've been a top-five power play for months. Do you expect them to continue to throw up zeros and blanks, firing blanks? I don't. I mean, they need to pick up their – in terms of their quickness, in terms of moving the puck, which is something we discussed a lot last year. But they have a long and big enough sample size to suggest that they'll get that figured out. And we know that Adam Lowry's return to the penalty kill, it immediately sparked a group that had been springing a serious leak. So, I mean, again, I expect Connor Hellebuck to be more motivated than ever. I understand. I know his workload has been heavy. I think that this stretch of time to get recharged will help him. And again, the other part for me, I don't think that I think he needs to play, right? I mean, this is a guy who's he's like a shooter. He's like the Steph Curry. If it's not going in for you, he needs to keep playing. I mean, I think that Bursois will get one more start, but I think that Hellebuck needs to get himself into a rhythm before he plays rather than, you know, split them three and three. Yeah, you know what, Ken, uh, you know, listen, the second period uh, against Ottawa was frustrating because it was like a 12-minute power play practice <laughs> against a very, very good and aggressive penalty kill unit that, you know, listen, I thought they did generate, you know, a bunch of good chances. They just couldn't get them to go in. But I, I really do think that the the special teams will probably sort of level out, you know, at a spot where that won't be what's killing them um, like it has in a few games. 
Um, you know, looking at tonight, though, I mean, my biggest concern, especially with that top line, is, you know, generating those high danger chances at five on five because, you know, unfortunately, they have been just too few and too far in between. And, you know, without Ehlers in the lineup and with the amount of, you know, pressure, but also opportunity that that line gets, if that if that doesn't change going forward very quickly, um, you know, we're going to be we will have lots to talk about, but it won't be for very long once we get to the playoffs. You're right, Huss. One thing I would also reiterate, one of the things that we've seen a lot this year is that Mark Shifley has been dominant against Calgary. We know that the game with, I believe it was with Ehlers and Connor, right? I mean, that that, that line had three of the goals. Yes, Andrew Kopp was out on an, you know, a split shift on one of them. But one thing that we've seen a lot, even dating back to the first game of the year, when Paul Maurice is able to get Mark Shifley out against Sean Monaghan and, you know, when he's been playing with Goudreau, that line has been able to produce offense and win those head-to-head matchups that have been challenging when it's against Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid. So I do see it as an opportunity for those guys to get some of that offensive mojo back. But you're right, when it comes to the power play, the 0, the 0 for 6 was tough enough, Huss, but then they gave up a shorthanded goal, right? I mean, <laughs> killer, so that's, killer. That's, you know, that's the spirit of the you know where, right? I mean, that's that's that was one of those things where it rains it pours type of scenarios, and then too to to pepper Gustafson and then not be able to score. I mean, that that just has the frustration mounting, and you completely understand with that. But again, I think that it, it's. It's the beauty of hockey, Huss. Every every fan thinks the power play should score every time. Like 25% efficiency rating is among the league's best. <laughs> but right now it's just hit the patch where it seems like they'll never get another one. But, you know, I think these things change really quickly. And I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this group responds. They've been challenged. We've had public outbursts. Now's the time. I've said this before. I mean, this is where we're going to find out what the Jets are made of. And if they don't rise to that challenge, they're there will be changes coming and it may not may not just be coaches it could be core pieces we know that a big core piece was moved out this year already if the jets fizzle out could there be another blockbuster trade of course there could i mean that's not to put people on notice but that's a fact i mean in a 10-year span if the core group only wins two playoff series you're looking at likely changes even though there have been two covid playoffs involved in that i mean i talked to the scout a couple times uh at games i mean the one thing that for evaluations you have to be careful when it comes to the sweeping evaluations because we don't know what guys are dealing with at home in their personal lives and we don't know who handles the you know the the loneliness of the road better than when it gets back to normal you may see a return to normal for a lot of players that's not a guarantee and again it's not an excuse but it might be part of the reason and that's why it's important not to have a sweeping overreaction from what a was a condensed and compressed covid season but b uh, you just there are mitigating factors that that we don't know about that could be alleviated if the pandemic you know turns and we finally get out of it uh, Ken Weeb with us, Sportsnet contributor. Follow him at Weeb's World on Twitter. And, of course, uh, we'll get to what he's got coming up with Rennie on Kenny and Rennie very soon. Um, Kenny, I, I, I do want to ask you, though, just to put the, the Kreskin hat on for a minute. Sure. <laughs> Let's assume that Nikolai Ehlers comes back healthy, locked, loaded, ready to go for game one of the playoffs. And regardless of who the Jets play. Where does Ehlers start the the playoffs? I mean, is it with Dubois? Is it on that second line? And do we think that, you know, considering that they're running Scheif, Wheeler, Connor right now, 
that'll be sort of that top line, and then they'll work with likely Stasny, Ehlers, along with Dubois, um, and then Perot and Kopp available to move up if need be? Yeah, that's where I see it starting, Huss. I think that we've sort of seen some hints from Paul Maurice from the very beginning that we thought there would be a, you know, Paul Stastny mentorship for Dubois. Uh, we know that I think that the pairing of Dubois and Ehlers is something that the coaching staff looked at for a long time. Did it did it produce immediate results? No, but that's not just, there was some potential on the offensive side there. And you also think that Dubois is the kind of guy that can create some space. Like, not that Ehlers needs someone to create space for him. He does that quite well on his own, given his blazing speed. But that physical element, like, Dubois is a bull, right? So in the playoffs, that's the kind of guy that can create extra room for someone as shifty as Nikolai Ehlers. So I do think that that's where they'll start. But we also know, too, that uh, Paul Stastny has has chemistry with Blake Wheeler. We've seen that all year long. We know that Wheeler has some chemistry with Dubois. So we know that Maurice has tried Connor, Shifley, and Ehlers as well. So I think that there's a there's an easy flip there if it's not working out for Connor, Shifley, and Wheeler. Uh, but I do think that Ehlers starts with Dubois and Stastny, and then they'll take it from there. And I mean, there the, then the other option in the bag, the line that has been most consistent, you know, according to my broadcast partner, uh, was Stastny, Cop, and Ehlers. So. That's that's another potential fallback plan, but I just think that Maurice values the checking plus abilities of Cop, Lowry, and Appleton so much that that line will be a real critical line when it comes to playoff success, and that the top six will sort of have to sort itself out. Uh, you know, depending on when when Ehlers is available to come back, if he is back for game one. Ken, um, one more on the blue line. We did see a lot of Pionk with Morrissey in the Ottawa yep. game, and Morrissey was shooting the puck from the dressing room. What, he had nine, <laughs> nine shots on yeah. goal and you know, scored a goal. I thought they yeah. a real strong game. Um, I don't imagine they'll start that way, but how much Pionk-Morrissey do you think we will see going forward, and what will be the situations that Maurice leans on those two defensemen? Yeah, he actually is going to start that way, Huss, uh, today as well. Will he stick with it? We'll see. But uh, I think that you understand why they didn't play together much last year because they needed to spread the minutes around. But I think that they can really help one another. We know that Derek Forbert has had a strong, you know, he had a very strong first half of the season for the Jets. I think that his play is not at that level right now. I think that both Pionk and Morrissey can benefit from playing together given their puck-moving abilities. You still have enough of a physical element there. Um, and you have some stability in that regard. So, again, I think it's a smart place to play them. I think that obviously they connected on that 4-4 four and four goal. I really think that you have an element there that the Jets have sometimes lacked this year. Um, Poolman is a big physical guy. Forward is a big, you know, he's a big, strong guy. I think that if you use their minutes wisely, they can be an effective pairing. You and I have talked about this a lot. Poolman had a very solid playoff series against the Calgary Flames. He was the best defenseman. He was the Jets' right. best defenseman. In, in but he was also in the third pairing. So, again, the fact that he's he's going to be slotted more to the minutes that are probably best suited for him. Uh, we know he's been able to get up and get active because of his skating ability. Um, I think that that will help both pairings to a certain degree. And then, too, I think that DeMillo and, and Hanela have the ability to, to play second-pairing minutes, even though they technically will go on the sheet third, I guess, if you will. Um, I, I do think that this is a smart way to try it out. I, I do think I could also make a case too for having DeMello uh, try to help Forbert, you know, get 
get out of that funk or whatever you want to call it. But I think for, for the safety net valve reasons, and because Hanel is only playing, you know, for the third time this year uh, with the Jets, I think that's a smart place to start. But I think you could see some movement with those two pairings as well. But uh, I'm really curious to see how long they stick with it. And I think that they should stick with it for a little bit longer, uh, for I'm sure. Inter- I think- I'm interested to see how much, like, and that's exciting and interesting to yeah. know that they're going to start that way tonight. Um but, you know, those guys have, have a lot of tread on the tires from how much they've played this year. And it is sort of funny. You know, we've got, you know, five games left in the regular season. Now they're doubling up. I mean, how much are those guys going to play um, right. you know, both in the regular season and then when it really matters going up against Edmonton or Toronto in a couple of weeks? Yeah, and tonight you could see them play a lot, Huss, right? Because there's a two-day break before the next home game against Ottawa. So I, I don't... Again, I'm not here saying that Pionk and Morrissey are going to play 26, 28 minutes tonight, but they won't. I don't think they'll hesitate to play them up to 25 if things are going well. I mean, they got the extra break built in, but uh, again, I don't. Paul Maurice has been quite, you know, forthcoming when it comes to this. He's not going to have a guy playing, you know, true dowdy kind of minutes, 26, 28 minutes. But those guys, I could easily see them playing 25, uh, 25 minutes tonight, based on if it's going well. But I really think that the revolving door of partners has hurt Morrissey. I think there's no doubt about that. And I think that these two probably have been looking forward to playing on the same pairing. And I think that they can have a lot of success uh, at a time when the Jets really need some stability on the back end. Oh, Kenny, good stuff. Hey, have you... um? Have you been out on the golf course at all? <laughs> uh, I am sad to report that I have not swung the clubs yet, but uh, I, am, I'm, I am looking forward to, uh, you know, uh, the secret is out. I'm going to be playing tomorrow. That's why my hit has been moved to to, to Wednesday from oh, that's Thursday. Right. That's I right. You finally, I'm finally going to get out tomorrow. Um, oh, I was out yesterday. Wait. How do you feel about this beautiful New Era Breezy Bend hat? That um, it, It's that looking very sharp, Huss. That's, that's some good product placement right there. You know what else is looking sharp? The course. Uh, was out there yesterday. Greens are in like mid June. Um, like they've got such a great staff over there. They, sh- on, they really do. Working on a few, a uh, couple new greens going on at the course too. And the place was packed. Uh, the one thing I think we know there will be a lot of people out this year at Breezy Bend, and frankly, all of the local golf courses with uh, what is available and what's not available to. And once people get going, they'll probably see quite a bit of Weeb's World out on. Uh, <laughs> how how soon? How soon will you be getting thirty six in, in in a day? Uh, that's a great question. That's going to depend on the schedule coming up here. But yes, the happy to report the Manitoba Golf Tour 2021 version will be starting up tomorrow at uh, at, at Larders. Uh, who's getting? Uh, who's uh, who's involved in the group? Is this a big grudge match, or is this just sort of a fun game with a bunch of guys that uh, you enjoy their company? Uh, well, you enjoy their company a lot too on the show. So it's a media challenge tomorrow. Mike McIntyre, uh, Scott Billick, and uh, Jay Bell will be in that first foursome. Oh, 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 oh. Um, I think it could be uh, could be a son son and son alum versus free press, but uh, we'll have to see how it goes. Oh, love it. Well, we'll definitely get you into Breezy Bend sometime soon, Kenny. Uh, always enjoy your time with us on the program. Now, of course, it is not our normal Thursday visit. Kenny and Rennie coming up on Friday. Fill us in on what you guys have planned for Friday's show. And, of course, let us know about what's up tonight. Hopefully talking about the end to a seven-game losing streak with Sean Reynolds after a legal curve. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, super excited about the another post game show. We've been it, a lot of therapeutic sessions uh, happening in this uh, losing skid, but people need uh, it, Ken. People need yeah, it right now, it. dude. They do it's... need it, and I'm happy to supply it. There's no, there's no doubt about 
about that. People are shouting it from the rooftops, so we're doing our best to, to help them get to a better place. Uh, we had a great great show last week with Gene Principe and Kevin Weeks, and uh, this week we're going to welcome uh, Sportsnet colleagues Christine Simpson and uh, Ron McLean. So it should be another really fun edition of the Kenny and Rennie show. No doubt, no doubt. And if folks have not already done so, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube page. You guys will sort of be live, what, about an hour after every game? I see you guys go, you guys get into the, the scrums, do what you got to do, and then uh, yep. fire it up live about an hour or so after the final whistle? Yeah, like folks got to get the coffee and the, the caffeine going tonight. I think it'll be around an 11.30 start uh, with an 8.30 puck drop in uh, in Calgary. So we'll have to keep people patient, but uh, we're going to do our best to get on there and, and take you through into the wee hours of the morning. We'll certainly have the uh, pregame Instagram going at, uh, what will it be, 7.45 then tonight. One other question that has popped up in the chat, and I did make mention no of this, I believe, on Twitter beforehand. I'm pretty sure you are the most well-hydrated member of the <laughs> Winnipeg media. Do you have an estimate on how much water you drink a day? And are you do it on purpose? Like, you're, oh, geez, I got to chug another 18 ounces. Is this some sort of a cleanse? Or is this just uh, business as usual, Ken? Tell, yeah. us, well, tell y- us about the hydration routine, please. Before yeah, we you know, Huss, I've been working really hard on the uh, the weight loss here. I'm always between that 25 to 30 pounds down during COVID, and I, I shoot for around 100 ounces a day. So yeah, there is a lot of hydration happening. It's, it's part of, I need it after getting the 15 to 20,000 steps a day. But uh, yeah, doing our best to stay hydrated and keep the people, uh, give, keep giving the people what they want. How's the bladder? How close have you been to have to just go AWOL in the middle of Kenny and Rennie post game because you've done like eight <laughs> big gulps worth of H2O? I try not to have too many during the post game show, but there was one occasion where uh, I think we were fortunate enough to have a guest on. So when we were doing it from the rink, I did uh, I did make my way to the uh, you know facilities uh, during the show, but we did I did not leave uh, leave Sean on his own. We did have a guest that night, so. We're doing our best. Well, listen, um, you guys are doing a great job. Love having you on the program. I'll look forward to jumping in tonight and seeing what you guys have cooking after tonight's game. And, uh, of course, we'll look forward to uh, Christine Simpson as well as Ron McLean jumping on on Friday morning. Should be a great show. Love talking with you, Huss. Uh, have a great rest of the week here and enjoy the tilt tonight. Appreciate it, Weber. There is Ken Weeb, a Sportsnet contributor, Kenny and Rennie. Follow him on Twitter at Weeb's World. Check the guys out tonight after the game, following the IC boys, doing their post-game coverage. And, of course, Friday mornings, 9 a.m., with the Kenny and Rennie show. Um, did give a shout out to Breezy Bend uh, when we were talking with Ken, but uh, if you are thinking about uh, maybe making a new home for the golf season next year, uh, waiting list is filling up right now. If you're thinking about, um, you know, maybe finding out more about Manitoba's top private club, Breezy Bend Country Club, go to breezybend.ca or give him a call and ask for our friend Corey Johnson. And, um, you know, we will be heading out later on this year to Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge. I cannot wait. Um, But as I mentioned last week, normally June is booked like a year, two years in advance. Tons of Americans coming up for the best time of fishing all season long. Well, without the Americans coming up, the date's pushed back. There are availabilities right now to get out to Aikens Lake. Find out more. You want an incredible world-class vacation right here in Manitoba where you don't have to quarantine? Find out more. AikensLake.com or hit them up on Twitter at Aikens Lake. All right, let's get Remus back in here. Some great stuff with Ken Weeb. 
a bit of an aborted interview with Matt Larkin from the Hockey News. Uh, what's been going on in the chat? So I see some coffee talk. I see some cracks, uh, you know, hydration questions for Ken Weeb. Yeah. What's going on today, Reem? Yeah, I've been feverishly scrolling Twitter. Um, my, you know, I usually have a ticker going, but uh, with this breaking news, um, you know, I've just been monitoring all the reaction to the, uh, the firing of John Davidson and Jeff Gordon. Uh, people are blown away, and it seems like uh, owner James Dolan was the one who's behind all this. So a lot of comparisons to the Knicks happening in there. I wonder if Dolan wrote the. I wonder if Dolan wrote the um, wrote the message. Yeah, it uh, seems like he was the one who was behind, and he's not happy. So with the way that this rebuild is going, it seems like it's going pretty good. I mean, their goal differentials good. I think they're just in a a pretty tough division. And Ken's reaction. Um, you know that you know that it was gif? great okay you know that gif where the guy's like he's like blinking yeah, yeah, yeah the, the the that was ken so i will have our own ken weeb gif or gif whatever you want to call it after this show it is going to be an elite gif and uh i'm, I'm gonna so send excited it to, i'm gonna send it to ken before i put it out there because i don't want ken to take too much of a beating but his his reaction was was incredible. When I I mean I I can see him obviously talking to him on the program and he's got like a bigger screen underneath our our broadcast screen here. Yeah. And I I mean I had to hold it together. I I didn't want to derail him with the with the conversation and just talk about the reaction. But oh my god, it was was it funny? Can't wait to see that. And um, I'm sure that may make its way to uh, a, a sports talk WPG social media accounts sometime soon. I if might, you haven't yeah. already, by the way, followed us. Remus did some great stuff with the Star Wars stuff yesterday uh, at Sports Talk WPG on Insta and, of course, on Twitter as well. And for those of you that uh, enjoy Facebook, we're on Facebook as well. You've been growing the Facebook quite a bit, Reem. Slowly, not as quickly as some of the others. We're close to like 600 follows on there. So if you're on Facebook, and I think a lot of people are, that uh, just search Winnipeg Sports Talk or... It's the link is in the description of this. Uh, we could use a couple extra uh, extra follows on there. If you see something good that we post, like it helps helps the algorithms us know that we're putting out good content. So yeah, every, we're learning all about these algorithms right yeah. now. Um, we're slaves we're pushing, to the algorithms. Pushing close to four K subs here. Uh, we're gonna do something fun when we get to four thousand and then to five thousand. If you are with us here on YouTube right now and you haven't already clicked the red subscribe mm-hmm. button, please do so. You'll get notifications. Yeah. We're live every single day coming on and continuing to grow our YouTube family oh. as well as all the people that support us by downloading daily on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcast content. Yeah, my phone is exploding right now with, I guess, people in chat uh, who just followed us on Instagram. So uh, nice to know that us saying, hey, follow us actually well, works. So, well, uh, you know what? We've got a lot ones. going on. Sometimes we're sort of so focused in on the chat and what's going on with that day's show. We don't mention it, yeah. but we do. And, and I will give you a public kudos um, for some great content that's being chopped up and put on our uh, various social um, media channels uh, to both promote yeah. the show and let people know what we've got going on here on Winnipeg Sports Talk every day. Yeah, Greg says he always likes it on Facebook. I see that. And, and uh, my phone is blowing up with all these followers. You know, we got like 300 people in here, 162 likes. So thank you, everyone. I gotta be honest, uh, honest. I was pretty rattled with that uh, Matt Larkin uh, not working out. I feel bad. Matt's a great guy. I don't know what the connection was. I think I I don't have an answer. 
Uh, yeah, I think with he's. Ken. I think he's maybe it may have been an internet thing. Um, yeah, you know, everyone's locked down in Ontario. No one can go anywhere, so the Wi-Fi is really getting stretched exactly. right now in a lot of places. Yeah, so that, yeah. Let's we'll go chalk it up to that. We'll chalk it up to that. We'll certainly try to get him in at some point soon. Um, so again, I'll tweet out the lines today, the cool bet lines a little later on. But there we are, remote the uh, Jets back in the underdog column, which is just where we like him to both bet on him and maybe yes. just maybe. The streak can end tonight. Uh, where's your Where's your optimism level? And folks in the chat, how are you feeling? Does this streak end tonight? Do they beat the Flames? Do they return the favor when the Flames bounce them out of the playoffs in the bubble in August? Do they get to do the same thing to Calgary tonight? Qualify for the playoffs at Calgary's expense? You know, I've been pretty confident for a team that hasn't won a game in a while. The last couple of games, I think against Ottawa, I was in against the game before I was in I think they can win but I'm not prepared to bet on it but I'm gonna bet on the Jets but I'm also I'm also not prepared to bet on Calgary so I'm in the middle yeah. I looked I looked at no one was getting rich laying cash on the flames this year I'll no. tell you that much I've played Johnny Gaudreau so much on DraftKings this year and it hasn't worked <laughs> out at all and I looked at the, their price tonight, and I was like, I can't do it. And I looked at Hellbuck's price, and I said, that's a good price, but I'm going to go somewhere else tonight. Um, they've been on this losing I think it probably ends. This is the place. Get in, clinch the playoff spot, knock out Calgary. They're rested. <laughs> they played well. Uh, well. We'll see. I mean, here, hey. Let's get to the chat here. There's yeah. some great stuff. The hockey kid says yes. Winnipeg Jets 280. Yes, it does. Flames going down. Caleb Hoffer, it ends. Um, the, where is it? Uh, Pilsner people. What up, Pilsner people? Henola is in, so they will win. <laughs> Barry Stanchuk, however, not, I, I, I don't think he's with most of you. What comes after seven? Eight. Oh. <laughs> so, Barry, come on. Let's keep it positive here, dude. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, Two-card arsenal. I mean, eventually they win. But I wouldn't bet on it. Funky but chunky. Jets win big. They've had enough. And um, <laughs> T. Poly Bell sabotaging WST. No, no sabotage here. That was uh, that was on that was on their end. Barry Stanchuk. This is the end. My only friend. The end. Oh, geez, we got some we got some doors quotes in here. And the Godfather. Mitch says four three Jets. Um, and Mitch did take Kachuk on DraftKings tonight. So um, I wonder if uh, with Shifley we'll be able to uh, give it to Matthew Kachuk and tell him that he's just like his brother yeah. after what happened to, with Brady uh, on Monday night. They are very similar. So, I mean, <laughs> I think that would be accurate. And that was the, the – can I call that trash talk from Mark Shifley? Say, hey, you're just like your brother. And he's like, thanks. I don't, I don't oh. know. Mike Wynn, what up, Wynn Dog? Triple H tonight. Hinola Harkins Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I like love that. it. I love it. Hey, you know what? I told you earlier, uh, of course, Pizza Week's going on right now. And our great sponsors, Boston Pizza, have the Walking in Memphis Pizza, which I think our girl Taylor tried because she won last week. Uh, Tracy was the winner of the California Shrimp Pizza that we did on Monday. And today we're going to do a playoff pizza flight which is the top line of the three signature six inch pizzas and three dips for 1849 this package is going to have the spicy pierogi the meteor and the bourbon barbecue chicken so what we need you to do is 
In fact, maybe we'll do this on Instagram today. You know, get on to our Instagram well, and should they just comment on a well, post stream? Well, or? we have to make a we have to set this up and make a post that people comment on. You can't just say like do it. We That's have to, right. Like, That's we have right. to make a post that says hey and then comment. Okay. On the tag. Okay. Don't worry about that. Then we'll do it the way we've been doing. Send us a tweet at Sports Talk yeah. WPG. Put in playoff pizza flight or playoff pizza and tag at Boston Pizza WPG. Uh, just do that in the next 15, 20 minutes after the show. We'll pick a winner. We'll tweet it out with some congratulations, and then we'll get the BP folks to get in touch with you as to how you uh, can pick that up. And we'll look forward to hearing about, oh, I think we do. There is Taylor. So damn good. So we have we have a uh, expert opinion on the, uh, the, the whiskey, or excuse me, not the whiskey, whiskey? the walking whiskey in Memphis. Pizza? Yeah, sorry. Sounds, of, sounds hardcore, man. Something else. Um, I don't know if I could the do that. Walking in Memphis, so good. That's Taylor <laughs> approved with us. Uh, but yeah, right now, at Sports Talk WPG on Twitter, just tweet us, playoff pizza, and then tag Boston Pizza WPG. We'll pick a winner a little later on and get that set up. Um, Rima, what's up tonight other than this? You love it. Eh? 8.30 game time, your favorite. That's 8.30 is the best game time. I agree. 8.30 is very good. Um, you know, I can put the kid to bed, get get some shows in with my wife, and then watch the game. Perfect, perfect timing. I can be like, you know what? We already watched Top Chef or whatever we're watching now, Flight Attendant. And uh, let's watch the Jets game. So. Oh, by the way, yesterday you were all excited about Top Chef and demanded no spoilers when we were talking to Rewiki. Did you yeah. end up watching it? I watched it last night. I'm not going to spoil it, but it's pretty cool uh, that there's a, someone from Winnipeg on uh, this year's Top Chef Canada, Emily from uh, Deer and Almond. So uh, we're pulling for her. Uh, you know, We'll see if she can go farther than the Jets are going to go in the playoffs. It'll be fun to watch each week. <laughs> oh man all right so anyways at playoff pizza at our twitter just tag us tag boston pizza we'll pick it up caleb hofer caleb you don't have twitter you gotta get, get on an there. account dude get an account give us a follow and um we will be able to though we, yeah. I mean, we'll have some other great giveaways especially as we get towards four thousand subs here on youtube um and we'll probably be using both twitter and instagram and even facebook even though i can't stand it to um, facebook's to- awesome uh, I don't know some great content on there. That's uh, true. No, you are talk. doing it. Facebook. Uh, and listen, if we're doing a power poll rankings of social media sites, mm-hmm. Facebook, Facebook is at the bottom. A the lot bottom. of people use it though, but yeah, it's the worst one. But, that, um, that's just my take on it. Some that. people might say Twitter is the worst though. It depends. Yeah, it, it depends, depends who you follow and how deep you get into the mud um, out yeah. there. I think yeah. if you, you know, if you're if you're good with muting and blocking, Twitter is a great spot. Actually, I, I don't really do much blocking. I'm more an amnesty guy. I get people unblocked like we used to with Gary Law. I don't really care. I mean, I just try not to let it affect my mental health. I think that's the best. Taylor Yule Middle, Facebook is my number one social media. Ha ha. Don't believe everything you read on Twitter, Taylor. Too smart for that. Or I mean uh, Facebook or people Twitter say, for that matter. A lot of people say they avoid Twitter. So, I mean, I think Twitter is the best for news if you want to follow news. Yeah. Sports, uh, information, these sort of things. I mean, mm-hmm. put it this way. When Elliot Friedman broke the story about Davidson getting fired, he wasn't doing a Facebook post, guys. He was yeah. throwing out a tweet. <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then, yeah, I just got the alert. The Rangers, Chris Jury is now president and GM. So, 
Uh, crazy oh, wow. what happens during this show. Uh, crazy. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, but Split, you're definitely not blocked. You were the guy. Uh, Gregory Liverpool, Twitter, Facebook, IG is my top three. Yeah, Gregory, you, you dominate all three platforms. There's no doubt about it. Came in feeling ruthless today. What a great way to finish up the program with a, uh, a little submission from the GFL. Um, Remo, tomorrow on the program, uh, noodles. Yeah, Jamie McLennan. And that's not like eating noodles, welcoming noodles into the program. Yeah, I emailed uh, Jamie. He said he's got about half hour for us. So he was calling the Sims game. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Just too deadly. Need a Ken Weeb reaction NFT. Done. The, the, the first ever Whitbig Sports Talk NFT need, will be we the need... Ken Weeb meme reaction. Yeah, we need one. So someone already DM'd me the GIF. Um, so... Well, oh. You guys so we'll, are amazing. We'll have it. We'll have it out there. Um, have it out there later. But we're talking about. Oh yeah, Jamie McLennan's on tomorrow. So he was calling, uh, doing the Sens broadcast for the Jets game on Monday. So he got a uh, look up close at the Jets. Also, yeah. we probably touch on this uh, Rangers thing. And you know, he's got a lot of experience as a former NHL goalie as well. We can touch on so lots well, to and get to. just all the ridiculous things that he's up to with O Dog and whatnot on overdrive. It's great to see the guys succeeding the way they are right now and doing some really, really fun content that's right along the wavelength of what we're doing here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. So Jamie McClellan uh, McClellan tomorrow, really looking forward to that. Of course we'll have all the aftermath of tonight's game. Hopefully have um, some people moving on from seven Losses in a row, starting a new win streak tonight. But um, one way or the other, we'll be talking about it tomorrow on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, Big thanks to all of our sponsors, Not Autocorp, Boston Pizza. Don't forget to tweet us at Sports Talk WPG uh, for your chance to win that playoff pizza. uh, Can you repeat what people wanted? Some people were asking about that. Yeah, so follow us on Twitter. Uh, We're at Sports Talk WPG. And just send us a tweet that says pizza, playoff pizza. And tag Boston Pizza WPG. Give them a follow too, as well, if you if you aren't already. So yeah, just the tag and playoff pizza. Send us a tweet. We'll pick uh, a winner at about twenty twenty five minutes once the show is finished up, uh, and throw it a tweet at Sports Talk WPG, letting you know who the winner is. Um, of course, Royal Sports as well. Nick and Nikki DQ saw Nick in the chat. Always great to see him supporting Little Brown Jug. Don't forget the new summer lager is available and. Can't wait to try this one tonight. The Hefeweizen, um, Aikens Lake, Breezy Bend, Assiniboia Downs, and Cool Bet Canada. Um, it's going to do it for us, Reem. Great show. We hopefully will have a perfect technical show tomorrow. I know Noodles will be ready to go, and I know Jet fans will be ready to go one way or the other, depending on what happens in tonight's game. Can they clinch the playoff spot? Will we be having the clinch party tomorrow, Remus, or will we be talking about eight in a row? Only one way to find out, and that's tune into the game tonight and join us again tomorrow at 1 o'clock here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Yeah, I'll have to go to like Dollarama and get some streamers and, and stuff for the clinch party, I think. <laughs> we got a budget for that, don't we? Oh, for sure, for sure. Can we get? I'll get a sound effect of a bottle popping because I don't want to like open a bottle during the show and then um, you know not be able to drink it. Well, I mean, I could drink it here, I guess, but like I don't want to. We'll I'd celebrate really with want... a few of these. We'll se- yeah. I try Maybe to start keep them till them? the after the show, but yeah, I'll put you where in a the, lock- where the big goggles. Yeah, the we'll get the goggles. Yeah, I'll put you in a <laughs> locker room with the plastic on everything. You won't be in the bar tomorrow. <laughs> 
Oh, man. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Going to get these pods up. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks to Ken Weeb and Matt Larkin, of course, Michael Remus, and all of you for hanging around. Another great day live on YouTube and in podcasts with Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 1 p.m. Later. Oh, my God. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.